Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Trail, from New Hampshire to the White House. Anyone who wants to be president has to come through New Hampshire first, and no one covers New Hampshire politics like WMUR. I'm WMUR political director Adam Sexton, and we hope you can join us every week for this podcast. No one's emerged yet as the New Hampshire candidate in the 2020 Democratic primary, but Kirsten Gillibrand could have a rightful claim to that title when she's through with the seven-day, ten-county swing she's on right now. A scheduling quirk involving another candidate meant we had to catch up with her out on the road. So here's our interview with the New York senator from the Polish Princess Bakery in Lancaster. Senator Gillibrand, thanks for joining us here on the road in Lancaster. We appreciate your time. Uh, you're here in the North Country to start this seven-day trip. We've heard you talk about before, about you sense a little commonality between uh, the North Country of New Hampshire and your home district back there in New York. Yeah, it's uh, very similar. Uh, rural economies, small towns, small cities, uh, lots of small businesses, uh, agriculture, value-added agriculture, some manufacturing, and a real sensibility about community. How do you bring places like this back? They're, they're so depressed economically. Yeah, so really inspire um, and support our small businesses. Uh, a lot of the businesses that are thriving here are mom and pop shops that have been here decades. And so we want to keep making access to capital available. We also want young entrepreneurs to come to try innovative businesses. Uh, what we've seen in New Hampshire, which is what we've also seen in New York, is a growing brewery industry as well as a growing distillery industry. And those really complement the agriculture in our state uh, because it, we create the hops and we create the base for a lot of the things that we brew and distill. So it's exciting. And New Hampshire is part of that as well. They have a lot of opportunities in that space. Um, you also see a lot of tourism, and that obviously is a thriving um, economic uh, benefit to the region here in New Hampshire. And so we have that too in the North Country and upstate New York as well. Seven days on the campaign trail here in New Hampshire. That's the biggest commitment any candidate has made so far this cycle. What do you hope to achieve with all that time here on the ground? Just talking to people about their lives, about what kind of representation they actually want in Washington. Uh, they need a president who will fight for them, a president who understands their concerns, fears, and worries, and actually heals the country, brings this country back together again, find the common ground, and actually get things done. That's what I've done in my time in Congress. That's what I'm going to do as president. Tanks on the National Mall for the 4th. Is this something you have an issue with or no big deal? It's a waste of money, and uh, we can celebrate our men and women who serve in our military by not banning them from service, which President Trump has done with our transgender troops, by actually supporting them uh, when they are abroad and not engaging in endless, needless wars. Candidate Trump promised to draw down our uh, armed service members from Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria. He's done none of it. Uh, it's costing billions every year to have those troops deployed, and he's unwilling to look strategically about how do we project force in a way that makes the world more stable, makes our country safer, um, protects our troops, makes sure their lives aren't lost for needless, endless wars. So he's failed to lead on issues of foreign policy and international stability. And as president, I would. Certainly one of the campaign promises he focused on a lot was that wall on the southern border. Right now, bigger focus right now is on the migrant crisis and the humanitarian aspect of this. As a U.S. Senator, what is going on and what can be done, even though that $4.6 billion was just passed, to address what's going on right now with the way people are being treated at the border? Well, a couple of things. Uh, as president, I would stop separating children and their parents at the border. 
Uh, President Trump still has dozens of children that he cannot reunite with his parents, with their parents, because he doesn't know how to do that. Uh, seven children's lives have been lost. Uh, I would make sure that we had a community-based system to process asylum seekers where they'd be assigned lawyers uh, when they present themselves at a border crossing. They'd be assigned lawyers, court dates, and a much more humanitarian process based in the community to serve and meet the needs of a group of people who are desperate for safety and security. Uh, I would not spend the money he's spending locking up children and families in for-profit uh, industries where they are making money off the backs of people who are suffering. Do you buy into this argument, some people calling these, quote, concentration camps? Well, I'm very concerned. Um, the point of that conversation is that these conditions are inhumane. Uh, the fact that we read about so many children who didn't have access to soap, didn't have access to clean water, the fact that a woman was told to drink water out of a toilet is deeply concerning. And so no matter what label you put on it, it's wrong, it's inhumane, and this country represents far better, and we should be doing far better than we are under President Trump. Social media is what it is, kind of a cesspool sometimes. We see some coverage of um, these groups that some of these Border Patrol agents belong to and some of the offensive content that's been on those pages. Do you worry at all about the culture of that agency in terms of... I do. The fact that we now know um, that many uh, Border Patrol agents, former and current, we're engaging in a dialogue that was dehumanizing, a dialogue um, demeaning people who are in pain and needing our support. Um, the fact that members of Congress were um, portrayed in disgraceful light is inappropriate on every level. I hope that this administration holds those members of the Border Patrol uh, accountable because their behavior is unacceptable for any U.S. government personnel. Shifting gears a little bit here, a big focus of your trip will be money in politics and how to get money out of politics. What's your plan if you're the president to do that? So we've had a lot of discussion about ideas and lots of plans, but not one of those ideas or plans could be accomplished until we take on the greed and corruption at the root of the problems in Washington. Um, you tell me any so-called unsolvable problem, whether it's gun violence or global climate change or wanting health care as a right and not a privilege, I will show you the special interests standing in the way. Whether you have to take on the NRA or the drug companies or the insurance companies or the billionaires or the moneyed interests that spend millions and millions on lobbyists every year. If you're not willing to take that on its route, you will never solve the problems that our communities are desperate for solutions. So uh, my plan, I have the only comprehensive plan that experts agree is the most, not only comprehensive, but transformative plan, is to change who has a seat at the table, uh, making sure that those Parkland kids in Florida have as much power as the Koch brothers or the NRA. So let's voters have access to uh, money to invest in campaigns, uh, $200 per person, and 
if the candidate agrees to publicly funded elections. It will drive more campaigns into publicly funded elections as well as inspire more people to seek public office. Is that going to be able to square with the Supreme Court, do you believe? I do, because it's voluntary. Uh, because if you say, I want to be a publicly funded uh, candidate, as, as I would do, then you then have the right to go out after um, $200 from every voter in your, if you're running for president in the whole country, if you're running for the Senate in your whole state, or if you're running for Congress in your whole state. Well, we're on the topic of the Supreme Court. What do you make of that ruling that the uh, Supreme Court said basically it's not our jurisdiction to deal with gerrymandering? It was very disappointing. Um, unfortunately, I think it was a political decision. And I think some of the gerrymandering we've seen around the country is illegitimate. Uh, it's intended solely to benefit a political party. And so we need to depoliticize the Supreme Court. And as president, I will look at all options on how to do that, whether it's changing the number of justices on the court or having term limits. Uh, I will look at all options because I think this politicization of the court is very harmful to our democracy. As we wrap up here, uh, the debates uh, you know, now in the rearview mirror, do you feel, though, that you were able to get a little bit of a spark out of that? I was really pleased to be on that debate stage to talk about issues that I think no one else was talking about. To talk about women's reproductive freedom and women's rights as a human right. To be able to talk about getting money out of politics and having clean elections and actually taking on political corruption um, with the only really comprehensive approach to do that. I think being able to talk about these more transformative ideas as well as a better way to get to Medicare for all I thought was a privilege. And what I'm excited about my campaign is that we're driving a lot of the conversation on major issues, whether it's women's rights or reproductive freedom, whether it's a better plan for health care as a right, or whether it's just getting money out of politics. Uh, I am leading the conversation on those topics. You're always going to get fair coverage from the local media here in New Hampshire, but do you feel the national media is treating you fairly? So I hope that I can do much, much more national media over the weeks ahead so that uh, these ideas that we've been able to talk about today can be also talked about on the national stage. All right, Senator Gillibrand, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us for WMUR's The Trail, from New Hampshire to the White House. If you have a moment and can write a review or subscribe to this podcast, we'd certainly appreciate it. You can also find us on WMUR.com and our free WMUR app 24-7. See you for the next episode of this podcast next week.